of those persons. Liberation. Mrigayatam. Who are searching. Iha. Here in this world. Yoga Margai. By the process of Ashtanga Yoga. Jai. Jnana Aspadam. Object of meditation. Bahu. By the great yogis. Matam. Approved. Nayana. Eyes. Abhiramam. Pleasing. Pongshnam. Human. Vapu. Form. Darshayanam, displaying, ananya, not by others, siddhai, perfected, outpaktikai, eternally present, samagrinam, praised, yutam, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Who is endowed? Ashtabogai with eight kinds of achievement. So I'm going to go back and read the previous verse to give us a little continuity. Chapter, uh, text number 44 states. Teva amushavana na sita padma kosham udvikshna sundaratara dharakundahasam labdhai shisha punar aviksha tadiyamangri dwandwam nakaruna mani shayanam nidadu. The Lord's beautiful face appeared to them like the inside of a blue lotus. And the Lord's smile appeared to be a blossoming jasmine flower. After seeing the face of the Lord, the sages were fully satisfied. And when they wanted to see him further, they looked upon the nails of his lotus feet, which resembled rubies. Thus they viewed the Lord's transcendental body again and again. And so they finally achieved meditation on the Lord's personal feature. As we recall from yesterday's class, the, when the Lord came to appear on the scene, the four Kumars were there, Jai and Vijay, the gatekeepers were there. The gatekeepers had hindered the sages and then been cursed by them. And the Lord heard about all this, so he decided to come himself. And when he was coming, then the aroma from the Tulsi leaves and flowers that are offered at his lotus feet entered into the nostrils of the four Kumaras and then a transformation was brought about from, although they were highly elevated sages, they were impersonalists, but as soon as they caught the whiff of this aroma uh, of the Lord's lotus feet, of the Tulsi coming from the Lord's lotus feet, then they were transformed, they were impacted and immediately they changed into bhaktas, 
and to devotees of the Lord. So the translation of today's verse. This is the form of the Lord which is meditated upon by the followers of the yoga process. And it is pleasing to the yogis in meditation. It is not imaginary, but factual, as proved by the great yogis. The Lord is full of eight kinds of achievement, but for other, others, these achievements are not possible in full perfection. So this is the form of the Lord as described in the previous verse, what it's referring to, the personal form of, in this case, it's the four-handed Vaikuntha Nam, the Lord of Vaikuntha. So please repeat. This is the form of the Lord, which is meditated upon by the followers of the yoga process. And it is pleasing to the yogis in meditation. It is not imaginary, but factual, as proved by the great yogis. The Lord is full in eight kinds of achievement. But for others, these achievements are not possible. In full perfection. Purport by Stavon Krishna Prabhupada. The success of the yoga process is very nicely described here. It is specifically mentioned that the form of the Lord as four-handed Narayana is the object of meditation for the followers of Yoga Marg. In the modern age, there are many so-called yogis who do not target their meditation on the four-handed Narayan form. Some of them try to meditate on something impersonal or void, but that is not approved by the great yogis who follow the standard method. The real Yoga Marg process is to control the senses sit in a solitary and sanctified place, and meditate on the four-handed form of Narayana, described as, uh, decorated as described in this chapter, as he appeared before the four sages. This Narayana form is Krishna's expansion. Therefore, the Krishna consciousness movement, which is now spreading, is the real topmost process of yoga practice. Krishna consciousness is the highest yoga performance by trained devotional yogis. Despite all the allurement of yoga practice, the eight kinds of yogic perfections are hardly achievable by the common man. But here it is described that the Lord, who appeared before the four sages, is himself full of all eight of those perfections. The highest yoga marg process is to concentrate the mind 24 hours a day on Krishna. <coughs> This is called Krishna Consciousness. The yoga system as described in Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, or as recommended in the Patanjali yoga process, is different from the nowadays practiced Hatha Yoga as it is generally understood in the Western countries. Real yoga practice is to control the senses, and after such control is established, to concentrate the mind on the Narayan form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. Lord Krishna is the original Personality of Godhead, and all the other Vishnu forms with four hands, decorated with conch, lotus, club, and wheel, are plenary expansions of Krishna. In Bhagavad Gita, it is recommended 
that one meditate upon the form of the Lord. To practice concentration of the mind, one has to sit with the head and the back in a straight line, and one must practice in a secluded place, sanctified by a sacred atmosphere. The yogi should observe the rules and regulations of brahmacharya to strictly live a life of self-restraint and celibacy. One cannot practice yoga in a congested city, living a life of extravagancy, including unrestricted sex indulgence and adultery of the tongue. Refer to meat eating. Meat eating. Uh, <clears throat> Yoga practice necessitates controlling the senses, and the beginning of sense control is to control the tongue. One who can control the tongue can also have control over the other senses. One cannot allow the tongue to take all kinds of forbidden food and drink, and at the same time advance in the practice of yoga. It is a very regrettable fact that many unauthorized so-called yogis come to the Western countries and exploit people's inclination toward yoga practice. Such unauthorized yogis even dare to say publicly that one can indulge in the habit of drinking and at the same time practice meditation. 5,000 years ago, Lord Krishna recommended yoga practice to Arjuna, but Arjuna frankly expresses inability to follow the stringent rules and regulations of the yoga system. One should be very practical in every field of activities and should not waste his valuable time in practicing useless gymnastic feats in the name of yoga. Real yoga is to search out the four-handed supersoul within one's heart and see him perpetually in meditation. Such continued meditation is called samadhi, and the object of this meditation is the four-handed narayana, with bodily decorations as described in this chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam. If, however, one wants to meditate upon something void or personal, it will take a very long time before he achieves success in yoga practice. We cannot concentrate our mind on something void or impersonal. Real yoga is to fix the mind on the form of the Lord, the four-handed Narayan, who is sitting in everyone's heart. By meditation, one can understand that God is seated within one's heart. Even if one does not know it, God is seated within the heart of everyone. Not only is he seated in the heart of the human being, but he is also uh, within the hearts of cats and dogs. Bhagavad Gita certifies this fact by the declaration of the Lord, Ishvara Sarvabhutanam Haridesha. The Ishvara, the supreme controller of the world, is seated in the heart of everyone. Not only is he in everyone's heart, but he is also present within the atom. No place is vacant or devoid of the presence of the Lord. That is the statement of Ishopanisha, Ishavashamadamsarma. The controller of everything is everywhere. God is present everywhere, and his right of proprietorship applies to everything. The feature of the Lord by which he is present everywhere is called Paramatma. Atma means the individual soul, and Paramatma means the individual super soul. Both Atma <coughs> and Paramatma are individual persons. 
The difference between Atma and Paramatma is that the Atma, or the soul, is present only in a particular body, whereas the Paramatma is present everywhere. In this connection, the example of the sun is very nice. An individual person may be situated in one place, but the sun, even though a similar individual entity, is present on the head of every individual person. In Bhagavad Gita, this is explained. Therefore, even though the qualities of all entities, including the Lord, are equal, the Supersoul is different from the individual soul by quantitative power of expansion. The Lord of the Supersoul can expand himself into millions of different forms, whereas the individual soul cannot do so. The Supersoul, being, uh, being seated in everyone's heart, can witness everyone's activities, past, present, and future. In the Upanishads, the Supersoul is described as being seated with the individual soul as a friend and witness. As a friend, the Lord is always anxious to get back his friend, the individual soul, and bring him back home, back to Godhead. As a witness, he is the bestower of all benedictions, and he endows each individual with the results of his actions. The super soul gives the individual soul all facilities to achieve whatever he desires to enjoy in this material world. Suffering is a reaction to the living entity's propensity to try to lord it over the material world. But the Lord instructs his friend, his friend the individual soul, who is also his son, to give up all other engagements and simply surrender unto him for perpetual bliss and eternal life full of knowledge. This is the last instruction of Bhagavad Gita, the most, the most authorized and widely read book on all varieties of yoga. Thus, the last word of Bhagavad Gita is the last word in the perfection of yoga. This is a very amazing, powerful, and fantastic purport, I must say. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita that a person who is always absorbed in Krishna consciousness is the topmost yogi. What is Krishna consciousness? As the individual soul as is present by his consciousness throughout his entire body, so the super soul or Paramatma is present throughout the whole creation by superconsciousness. This superconscious energy is imitated by the individual soul who has limited consciousness. I can understand what is going on within my limited body, but I cannot feel what is going on in another's body. I am present throughout my body by my consciousness, but my consciousness is not present in another's body. The supersolar Paramatma, however, being present everywhere and within everyone, is also conscious of everyone's existence. The theory that the soul and the supersoul are one is not acceptable because it is not confirmed by authoritative Vedic literature. The individual soul's consciousness cannot act in superconsciousness. This superconsciousness can be achieved, however, by dovetailing individual consciousness with the consciousness of the Supreme. This dovetailing process is called surrender or Krishna consciousness. From the teachings of Bhagavad Gita, we learn very clearly that Arjuna, in the beginning, did not want to fight with his brothers and relatives. But after understanding Bhagavad Gita, he dovetailed his consciousness with the superconsciousness of Krishna. He was then 
in Krishna consciousness. A person in full Krishna consciousness acts by the dictation of Krishna. In the beginning of Krishna consciousness, dictation is received through the transparent medium of the spiritual master. When one is sufficiently trained and acts in submissive faith and love for Krishna, under the direction of the spirit of the bona fide spiritual master, the dovetailing process becomes more firm and accurate. This stage of devotional service by the devotee in Krishna consciousness is the most perfect stage of the yoga system. At this stage, Krishna, or the super soul, dictates from within, while from without the devotee is helped by the spiritual master, who is the bona fide representative of Krishna. From within, he helps the devotees as chaitya, for he is seated within the heart of everyone. Understanding that God is seated within everyone's heart is not, however, sufficient. One has to be acquainted with God from both within and without, and one must take dictation from within and without to act in Krishna consciousness. This is the highest perfectional stage of the human form of life and the topmost perfection of all yoga. For a perfect yogi, there are eight kinds of super achievements. One can become lighter than the air, one can become smaller than the atom, one can become bigger than a mountain, one can achieve whatever he desires, desires, one can control like the Lord, and so on. But when one rises to the perfectional stage of receiving dictation from the Lord, that is greater than any stage of material achievements above mentioned. The breathing exercise of the yoga system, which is generally practiced, is just the beginning. Meditation on the super soul is just another step forward. But to obtain direct contact with the super soul and take dictation from him is the highest perfectional stage. The breathing exercises of meditation practice were very difficult even 5,000 years ago. Otherwise, Arjuna would not have rejected the proposal of Krishna that he adopt this system. This age of Kali is called the Fallen Age. In this age, people in general are short-living and very slow to understand self-realization or spiritual life. And they are mostly unfortunate. And therefore, if someone is a little bit interested in self-realization, he is likely to be misguided by so many frauds. <laughs> That's a fact. The only way to realize the perfect stage of yoga is to follow the principles of Bhagavad Gita as practiced by Lord Chaitanya. This is the simplest and highest perfection of yoga practice. Lord Chaitanya demonstrated this Krishna consciousness yoga system in a practical manner simply by chanting the holy name of Krishna as prescribed in the Vedanta, Sriman Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, and many important Puranas. The largest number of Indians follow this yoga practice and in the United States, it is gradually spreading in many cities. This third canto is probably written in 1971, 72. <clears throat> it is very easy and practical for this age, especially for those who are serious about success in yoga. No other process of yoga can be successful in this age. The meditation process was possible in the golden age, Satya Yuga because people in that age used to live for hundreds and thousands of years. If one's, one's success in practical yoga process, it is advised that he take to the chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, 
Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Hare Hare. And he will actually feel himself making progress. In Bhagavad Gita, this practice of Krishna consciousness is described as Rajavidya, or the king of all erudition. Those who have taken to this most sublime bhakti yoga system, who practice devotional service and transcendental love of Krishna, <clears throat> can testify to its happy and easy execution. The four sages, Sanaka, Sanatana, Sanandana, and Sanatkumar, also became attracted by the features of the Lord and the transcendental aroma of the dust of his lotus feet, as already described in verse 43. Yoga necessitates controlling the senses, and the bhakti yoga, uh, and the bhakti yoga or Krishna consciousness, is, pro is the process of purifying the senses. When the senses are purified, they are automatically controlled. One cannot stop the activities of the senses by artificial means. But if one purifies the senses by engaging in the service of the Lord, the senses not only can be controlled from rubbish engagement, but can be engaged in the Lord's transcendental service, as aspired to by the four sages, Samaka, Sanatana, Sanandana, and Sanatkumar. Krishna consciousness is not, therefore, a manufactured concoction of the speculative mind. It is the process enjoined in Bhagavad Gita, 934. Let's end Srila Prabhupada's purport to this text 45. What a purport. Within this purport are contained the seeds of hundred Bhagavatam classes <laughs> quite easily for one who wishes to plumb the depths. <clears throat> so we'll just cover a few things that came to mind. There are so many wonderful verses and points that are touched on here. <laughs> One thing that's referred to here in this purport is the shloka from the end of the sixth chapter of the Gita. That the highest yogi, Krishna says, yoginam apasarvisham, of all the yogis, the highest yogi is uh, Shradhavan Bhajate Joma, one who is Shradhavan with great faith. Shradha means faith, Van, one who possesses. May a great name for a devotee, Shradhavan. Uh, Bhajate Yoma, one who worships me with great faith, Krishna says. Same Yukta Tamo Mataha. I consider that that is the highest of all the yogis. So obviously this is Krishna giving his opinion. Um, and Krishna's opinion is not just another opinion. In, in ordinary discourse, everyone considers that their opinion is at least equal 
to everyone else's. Actually, generally one considers that one's own opinion is superior and everyone else's is inferior <laughs> in ordinary parlance. Because everyone thinks that I am special, I am God. But actually Krishna, in this case, and in all cases, Krishna is God. So his opinion is the final word. Um, it is the, when Krishna gives his opinion, it is the supreme conclusion of all Vedic literature. And the Vedas are accepted as the highest standard of transcendental knowledge. So that also Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita. So when Krishna gives his opinion, um, you can uh, take it as the highest knowledge. It is the word of God coming from on high. So there is nothing superior to that. There is no truth superior to me, Krishna says in the Gita, that everything rests upon me as pearls are strung upon a thread. So everything depends on Krishna. So that is Krishna's opinion. Yoginam apasarvesham. So all the, everything that we learn and understand in Krishna consciousness is based on hearing from Krishna and hearing from his representative, the spiritual master, and then accepting that axiomatic knowledge and being able to advance based on that acceptance. And that is the conclusion, as mentioned in this purport of the Bhagavad Gita. Sarva dharma parijaja mamekam shadadamraja. Uh, Bhagavad Gita is the uh, undisputed authority on yoga and self-realization. So the conclusion of Bhagavad Gita, Sarva Dharman Parichaja Mamekam Shivanam Raja, just surrender to me, Krishna says. So this process of surrendering to Krishna, it is the topmost attainment of yoga that one can have. If one wants the topmost attainment in yoga, and who, who would not want that? Well, most fools and rascals would not want that. But any transcendentalist or spiritualist, you say, would you like to achieve the topmost attainment of yoga? Well, heck yeah. Of course I would love to have that. Um, how do I do that? Sarva dharma pritya Surrender to Krishna, understand whatever Krishna is speaking, and then follow his instruction. Manmana Bahumad Bhakto, Majyaji Mamnamaskaru. Manmana, just fix your mind in Krishna consciousness upon me. Bhavamad Bhakto, become my devotee. So we're not making this stuff up because we just think it's great to chant Hare Krishna and dance around and take prasadam, which it is great to do all those things. And we do all those things in pursuance of Krishna's order, but some, someone, somewhere, has concocted this system of Krishna consciousness. It's actually that which is given by Krishna. And all the great devotees who have surrendered uh, in Parampara, they follow this instruction and they teach this instruction to their followers. So it is the author, authorized system of yoga. Uh, so, of course, chanting Hare Krishna, dancing in ecstasy, taking prasadam. This is all very nice. Of course it's nice. Because it is practice of the topmost yoga system, bhakti. And uh, bhakti is so wonderful. 
that one can immediately surpass all other stages of existence, the bodily stage of existence, the mental stage of experience uh, of existence, uh, the emotional stage of existence, and rise to the highest spiritual platform by this very easy and blissful process. Pratyak means that you can experience Pratyak Savagamam Dharmyam, the inner truth of Krishna consciousness. Pratyak, you experience that yourself directly. And we explain it and we are talking about it and we're revealing, Prabhupada is revealing in his books this process. But then when you practice the process and follow it, Nicely, not half-assedly, or quarter-assedly, or some other percentage, but when you do it nicely, with uh, Shraddhavan, full faith, uh, always focusing and meditating on Krishna as the goal, um, then you experience that uh, transcendental reality of Krishna. And you understand the truth of what Krishna is explaining in Bhagavad Gita. Pratyak, you experience it yourself. Not that you just feel it. In the old days of uh, evangelical Christian radio, the radios were these large furniture cabinets, and the uh, amplification system was vacuum tubes, which produce a lot of heat, but they also sound very nice. And then they had the speaker mounted within the cabinet. So when they, whatever is being broadcast on the radio comes through the speaker, it vibrates. And that vibration you can feel by putting your hand on the cabinets. The old Christian preachers would say, put your hand on the radio and feel the potency of the Christian message. And you put your hand on the radio, it's like hot. And the thing's vibrating. I feel the truth. I feel Jesus. So in, in this way, they would uh, try to give you some direct experience. But what you're really getting is a direct experience of the technology of the heat and vibration from the machinery <laughs> of the radio. But the real pratyak means you experience within yourself. You have realization. And that realization is bestowed upon one by the mercy of the super soul and the spiritual master. I recall one time I was doing a favor for one of our devotees who would buy and sell used cars. He'd done a favor for me. He asked me to do him a favor to drive one of his cars back uh, from the auction. And uh, the car was a lemon. He had bought a lemon and uh, it wasn't working. So I got about a mile and a half away from the auction just to the the freeway that goes around D.C. is called the Beltway. You know, it's like lanes and lanes and lanes and lanes wide. It's like the freeways in L.A. or Chicago. <clears throat> and the thing died and it wouldn't start. So I said, okay, I try to help you out. But I'm, I put the key under the seat and I got out on the Beltway to hitchhike because it was a sort of a ride around the Beltway about half an hour to get back to the temple. 
So this fellow picked me up, and uh, he was a, a a carpenter and a construction guy. He was originally from West Virginia. And uh, the reason he picked me up, because he was a Christian and he wanted to give some testimony, I found out very quickly, within less than a minute of being in the car. I appreciated the ride. And I was actually glad to engage with him uh, in discussing the topic of Krishna consciousness. But um, I think he got more than he bargained for when he picked me up. Um, so he was telling me that he became a Christian. He was testifying. They call it witnessing. He was witnessing to me. And he said, he said, I, I went to this um, revival meeting. And he said, I just, I felt something. I felt something. What is that? Is that your phone? Can you turn that off? <laughs> I was like, where's that going? So, <coughs> he felt something. And that, he presumed, was Jesus. And therefore, it was true. And he became converted to a Christian. And he wanted to convert me also. So I started explaining to him the principles of Bhagavad Gita. I said, well, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that yes, you can have direct experience. And become very happy also uh, when you are connected to God by properly following the yoga system, which is the method to realize God. He was never heard anything like that in his life, neither the Sanskrit nor the yoga concept. And um, so he became a little intimidated <laughs> and a little bit thwarted in his witnessing. So I started witnessing to him <laughs> about the truth of Krishna consciousness. And as I began to explain, he fell silent and drove on and took me to my destination. Uh, so just vaguely feeling something, that is not enough. Uh, you actually have to have direct experience, and you have to have philosophy, and you have to have yoga, practice. It is science. Krishna consciousness is science. It is not only sentiment, although there is great uh, uh, sentiment and love for God, great devotional ecstasy and sentiment that one can feel in relation to the Lord. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but one can also have material sentiment. Uh, or just be vaguely aware of something and not really understand scientifically. So one has to follow the process uh, of yoga. <coughs> also, in the Gita, Krishna instructs Arjuna in the eighth chapter. Text eight. Real quick. Abhyasa yoga yuktena, chetasa nanyagamina, 
Paramam Purusham Devyam Yati Partam Vichintayam. He who meditates on the Supreme Personality of Godhead, his mind constantly engaged in remembering me, undeviated from the path, he Arjuna, Opartha Arjuna, is sure to reach me. That's one nice thing. Um, so this verse also mentions how the goal of the Ashtanga yoga process, the beginning thing is to uh, control the senses. And there's a Vedic verse that states, Yoga Indriya Samyoga. So the first thing is to control the senses. So this idea of practicing yoga and not controlling the senses, uh, it is a farce. Uh, and to engage in the Ashtanga, the full Ashtanga yoga practice and control the breathing, actually one of the very important parts of the yoga system is pranayama. <coughs> the control of the breath, he says as he coughs. <coughs> Controlling the breath and then when, when one has controlled the breath, the passing of the uh, pranayama, the different uh, life errors within the body, when one can regulate those and control them, then the mind also becomes very peaceful, still, and controlled. So who can do that? Uh, Arjuna complained 5,000 years ago. <laughs> he says, this process you've described to me, it's like, <coughs> yeah, I, I can't do it. I'm a chatriya. I fight battles. I kill people. I protect the citizens. You know, how am I, how am I going to go... Sit meditation. This is not possible. He said, it "Appears uh, impractical to me." So therefore, and that was that. And Arjuna is super qualified individual, uh, very elevated in terms of his consciousness. I mean, he's Krishna's bosom buddy. He's his best friend. While Krishna performs his pastimes, Arjuna is his best friend and closest associate. So he's an extremely qualified person. He's naturally endowed with all uh, abilities and had pi, uh, punya. He has so much punya. Uh, he's not like an ordinary person. And he's saying the yoga system is too hard for him. So Krishna explains to him that then you fight for me. And this is your yoga. And in this age, we can't do what Arjuna did either. We're not going to get our bows and arrows, go downtown Tucson, purify the fallen leches <clears throat> like that. But by chanting the holy name, then we can purify ourselves and everyone else. Um, another verse referred to in this purport indirectly is from the Narda Pancharata, where it said, Sarvopadi Vanirmuktam, Tatparatvena Nirmanam. That <coughs> one has to become free. Sarvopadi, Vinirmuktam. Vinirmuktam means liberated or free from Sarva Upadi, from all uh, Sarva Upadi, material designations. Tatparatvena Nirmalam, Rishikena Rishikesha, by engaging our senses in the service of the master of the senses. Rishika means the senses, and the Rishikesha means the Isha, a lord of the Rishika, the senses. Rishikesh. 
Sevanim Bhakti Uchite, then that is called devotional service, where we engage our senses in the service of the Supreme Master or Lord of the senses, which is Lord Krishna. So how, how qualified can we be in this Kali, this age of Kali? Janmana Jayata Shudra, Sanskara Bhavedvija, Veda Patad Bhavedvipro, Brahma Janati Brahmana. By following the uh, injunctions of the spiritual master, uh, because Janmana Jayata Shudra, everyone's a Shudra, Kalau Shudra Sambhava, Veda Patad Bhavedvipro, one baby can, can become a Brahmana. Uh, and Brahma Janati Brahmana. A Brahmana is one, a person who knows Brahma or spirit. So that is the definition of a Brahmana. Not one who is born in a certain family and has a sacred thread only. Uh, and then at the end of this purport, Srila Prabhupada quotes this wonderful verse Manmana Baba Madhakto. Mahajaji mamma maskuru mami vashashi yukvayam atmana matparayanaha, which is 934. Can we quote the English? Always think of me become my devotee, worship me, not for your obeisances unto me, thus being completely absorbed in me, surely you will Yeah. So this yoga practice revolves around manmana bhavamad bhakto. Always engage your mind. Thinking of me, Baba Bhakta, become a devotee and follow and practice the standard uh, practices of Krishna consciousness. It is that simple. And then everything that we want to attain, we will attain that and so much more. And then we may have so many material desires within our heart, and those will fall away. And we'll be left with our pure spiritual desire only to serve Krishna. And then that would be the perfection of our life. And the more we practice and follow and preach, then the better it becomes for us and the better it becomes for everyone else in the world. So thank you very much. Any questions? Yes, sir. No, yes. Just you say, Brahma, Brahma, quality. He said, who is now Brahma, he called... Uh, Brahmana, one who knows Brahma, Brahma spirit. But I, something, uh, sometimes it is <coughs> Brahma, Brahma is separate. Brahma is with uh, in the universe, and Brahma is Lord Krishna, is another one. Well, yeah, in the Sanskrit, it can be understood variously. But in this verse, that Prabhupada quotes, Brahma Javati Brahmana. A Brahmana is one who knows Brahman, spirit. So, Atato Gyasa, Atato Jigasa Brahman. That now we have this human form of life. <coughs> The Vedanta Sutra says <clears throat> we should immediately inquire into Brahma, spirit, and not inquire into how can I make more money, how can I be more handsome, how can I smell better, how can I look better, 
And those things are okay. You know, we don't want to look better for them. We don't want to stick. <clears throat> Such kind of things. Although some of the great sages did that. In complete disregard of their material condition. Uh, but we want to remain very clean. A Brahmana means one who's also very clean. Suchi. Suchi nam Srimatam Gehi Yoga Brashu Vijayate. The quality of one who is learned and self-realized is a very clean person by habit and by practice. Any other questions, comments? Happy to serve. Another Prabhu? Realization? Prabhu can say reason that to follow the Ashtanga Yoga system. It says in the Bible that one has to go. The forest alone is in the sacred place. Prabhupada says that. So in the cities now, they're in the classes. They're having classes. Yeah, because they're thinking that yoga is for good health. You know, I want to tone my abs and make myself in better shape so I can enjoy my senses better. <clears throat> Many people think like this. But that's not the goal of yoga practice. And let me state that we are not picking on Yoga Devi because she's a yoga teacher. <laughs> oh, 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 I, I can say this. I don't teach that type of yoga. Yeah. As a Sikh for 20 years, we, we taught Ashtanga, the eight limbs of Patanjali. Uh, you have no idea how much work I've done globally just to get people to say this. This is why I'm with you guys now because it's fruitless. In the sense yeah. that it's just to tell me your booty in your abs. Yeah. And, and, and that's not what I was trying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's not really yoga. Yeah, no, that's not yoga. That's exercise. Yeah. yeah, so that is why I don't teach that. Yeah. Okay. Actually, the goal of yoga, Prabhupada explains in this verse, in this purport, the goal of the yoga system is to <clears throat> meditate on Krishna and to come in contact with the super soul. And then from that position, one makes further advancement to become a great devotee. That is the meaning and goal of the yoga system. To see God in the heart and then take instructions from him. <coughs> Krishna says in the, in our pastime, Krishna says in the uh, 11th canto that the Lord, he appears in two forms to help the conditioned soul. And that's referred to here in this purport as the Internally, as the Paramatma, the Super Soul, and externally, as the spiritual master or the Acharya. And then the conditioned soul is able to take help from these two sources, from both within and without. The Paramatma, Chaitya Guru, within the heart, and then the spiritual master, the initiating Guru or instructing Guru from without. Okay, thank you very much. Shri Bhagavad Ki Jai, Shri Bhagavad Ki Jai.